The following podcast contains explicit language. Is it cool with everybody if we uh, sit down rather than? Yeah, of course. We got these chairs. We got these day beds. <laughs> you want to lie down? Yeah, this is. Yeah, get cozy. Been laying down on this is like mad chill right now. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> what up, y'all? <laughs> Hello and welcome to a special love edition of Sex Lives, New York Magazine Sex Podcast. I'm David Wallace-Wells. With me, as always, is New York Magazine sex columnist Maureen O'Connor. Hey, Maureen. Hey, David. This is the first time that Maureen has been on stage since The Wizard of Oz in seventh grade. I was a munchkin. Um, so are you like crazy stage fright or are you... No, I just that? physically haven't done it when I thought about it. Yeah. Well, sitting down. So I didn't know if I was going to be afraid or not, but I think I feel okay. <laughs> and uh, we're joined today by a super special guest. She's the co-host of WMIC Studios' podcast, Two Dub Queens, and, um, as well as being a super great stand-up in her own right. She's got a book coming out in October called You Can't Touch My Hair. Yep. Um, her writing has appeared in all kinds of other publications, including New York Magazine's own Vulture.com. Phoebe Robinson, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's the energy I like. So we get a lot of things we want to talk to you about, but maybe the best way to start is, I know you recently sort of jumped into... This is weird. This is very much like someone who doesn't go on stage a lot and they hide behind the mic stand, so... (laughs) Ouch. No, but now it's a a co... You're creating a barrier, but now we're all, like, together. together. Should we get on the couch together? Yeah, get on the couch. There's a dog here. Who the fuck cares, man? Like, this is a wild, wild west... So tell us about starting on, this is like the first time that you've used a dating app. You started on Tinder maybe a couple months ago because you got out of a long-term yeah, relationship. Yeah, Tinder's awful. Yeah. I'm about to delete it from my phone. It's terrible. Oh. Yes. Have you tried any of the other Tinders, like Bumble? No, or I can't. Why? Because it's so impersonal. It's like, uh-huh. you get like a match. It's like, yeah, I feel like it's a video game where I'm like, cool, I got someone to match with me. And then I'm like, that's all I wanted. Like, I don't. Like, because there's nothing there really to, like, engage me beyond. Like, I'm much mm-hmm. more in-person connected. So you, you didn't know? go on any Tinder dates? No, I got weird. A lot of guys want to know the ethnic makeup, like, what kind of black I am. It's a very weird, fucked up thing, I think, for black women to date mm-hmm. social media in, like, app ways. Yeah. It's, like, not, as in, it's not like a Katherine Heigl movie. Like, it's not yeah. There is something enjoyable. weird where, like... Tinder and all of those have this weird way of flattening that you just realize what the first thing somebody notices about you is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, literally the only thing people notice about me is what race are you? Or like yeah. everyone notices like X, Y, Z. Yeah. Just like a deeply depressing process. So your thought is that concepts. that's basically how people interact with you IRL. It's just like way more upfront when it's on a dating app. Because I was talking to a friend about this, about how that like the weirdness of everyone always being like, what is your ethnic background? And you're just like, ugh. And he was like, I think it's just because people don't know what to say, and so they're just looking for anything to say. And then all I could think of was it's so depressing that when, That's what you know, the first thing you reach also, for is that. It's also like if you can't think of anything other than that to, to say, then you shouldn't date because you're a boring person. <laughs> Like, you're boring. That's, like, all you like, so how, how black are you? If that's the only thing you, that's what you open with, you're garbage. You know what I mean? Like, you just come, there's so much to talk did about. Did you have higher expectations when you set out, or did you know it was going to be garbage? I 
was just was like, oh, maybe this will be like interesting and like crazy. Like, and it's just, I'm like, oh, I feel like Diane Lane, like on an adventure. And it's not like romantic and cool like Diane Lane. It's just like crummy. But okay, how does that compare to just dating? Because you hadn't been dating for a while, I'm guessing, if you were in a long-term relationship. Right, I was in a long-term relationship for four years. Um, And it was great until it wasn't, but it was just like we just grew apart. Like, there's no, like, cool story. It was like, oh, we just didn't grow together. Um, And so, yeah, then we broke up last year. And last summer, and um, so now I'm like out dating again. Like I went on a date recently with a guy uh, I met on Twitter. Oh, randomly. How is that so much more intimate and wonderful than Tinder? I I wasn't looking for that. So ah. I was I uh, was at a friend's wedding in California, and I was like, oh man, I think I'm ready to like seriously date again. And like 20 minutes later, I got like a notification on my phone. It's from this guy who like reads my recaps on Vulture for like scandal and stuff. And he's like, oh, I think you're funny. And so then we, like, exchange. Can I interrupt for a second? Yes. Of all the things that you do, what would you most like to be complimented on by someone who's trying to ask you out on a date? Like, stand-up, Two Dope Queens, recaps your book. Like, what do you... I think anything. Like, if you just compliment me in any way, I'm, I'm in. Anything, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was, like, super cool that he, like, read my stuff. I, I'm always just, like, put stuff out there, and I don't really think about who is reading it. And so we exchanged numbers, and we're, like, texting for a week because we we're both really busy. And then we finally went on a date. And just, like, the IRL chemistry, like, wasn't there. And, like, that's why I think meeting people through social media and dating apps can be crummy because you can – everyone can fucking crush it, like, via text. Like, you can just bam, bam. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you totally. can kill it. But then in person, if it's, like, not – it's just different. Am I alone in this or no? I mean, I guess you can just keep up like a sexting. Wait, you want, you like, you're on Tinder? Yeah. Yeah. Is it great for you because you're like a white dude and you got that fucking hat on and it's like. (laughs) Yeah, I figure. That hat works well on Tinder? Yeah. (laughs) How old are you? 29. Oh, God. What a great life. Um. (laughs) I would like to come back as a white dude because I feel like things would be so different. Um, so enjoy it while you have it. Um, but you feel like the world is su- super different for you than it is like for a white dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. I mean the dating app world. Not like the no, world yeah, world. dating apps for sure. Like they've done studies and black women and Asian men get the least traffic were the least because they're the least desirables so that's like super crummy <laughs> you're like in the dating app world and you know that you're like i was hanging out with uh my friend joanna uh it, she's a producer on our podcast and she was like pulled up in her tinder and she like had like it's like she's white and she had like I want to say like 60 messages. She had like so many messages and like some of the guys are gross, some of them were cute, whatever. And she's like, I have so many messages. And I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't have that. Cause it's just not the same. It's demoralizing. The funny, yeah. the weirdest thing about that is, so that's the theory of, I remember talking with an Asian guy about that. I think it was okay. Cupid that quantified it, that like the, the rate of sort of failure is so much higher for certain people. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was saying, he's like a, 
guy who has no problem getting dates in person. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing where I think it's that when you lose, say, like, the sort of, like, energy, charisma, that plenty of people, if he was in front of them, they'd be like, oh, my God, like, this guy's lovely and funny and charming and stuff. But for whatever reason, when they see a picture, just all they, like, see they is just, essentially their racism. Yeah, it's like, it's like a stereotype. It's like, loud black lady who's, like, probably ignorant or whatever. So they're just like, yeah. nope. And it's just like, it sucks. Do you see that in the responses that you do get also? Like, what people write to you and the way that they write to you? Um, I think it's just more like every, they're like trying to see if I'm mixed. Like fingers crossed. Like are you that kind of thing? Why do you think they want that? Because of like it's like colorism. It is uh, the closer you are to white, the better. Well, of course, you know right? I mean? But like if like why would knowing the difference in like they already know what you look like, you know? Right. Like it's this weird thing where it's sort of. Um, like, do people ask you that in person about what is your background? Are you I've mixed? I've gotten that before from guys. I'm like, are you sure? Like, you look mixed. And I'm like, both my, I mean, we're all uh, air quotes mixed, but like both my parents are black. But uh, yeah, I've def- I, it's definitely more online than it is in person. Yeah. The yeah. funny, the funny thing about that is um, I recently realized that um, I was on some like horrible terror of a rant about that. Um, those listening may not know that I am of mixed race, but the weird thing is that I was talking to some friend that's like, oh, fucking, like, can you believe it that somebody says, what are you in person? And then, like, you know, we run into some other person who's, like, visibly not white, and we're instantly go, oh, my God, tell us about you. Yeah. Because, like, I have such a massive double standard about that <laughs> that I can talk for hours with another, like, mixed Asian person about our relative mixed list and, like, where our families are from and how our parents met. But, like, if just a straight-up white person asks me, I'll be pissed. Yeah. Well, duh. Does that work for you? What yeah. if I asked you what you were? Would that bother you? No. Do I count? I think it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, it was just like a white dude. It's like, I don't fucking need this for me, yeah. man. I don't, yeah, hard pass on that. But yeah, it's okay. I mean, I feel like dating will, it's fine. I, I know what I'm looking for. And I have my eye on the prize. But it's interesting which to is think. Michael B. Jordan. So that is. <laughs> Yeah, you've got a long game going. It's a long, it's a yeah. very long, long game <laughs> that I'm going to lose, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. It's interesting to think about the way that, you know, there are all these um, people like you who really are not into dating apps, but because of, like, the speed of the culture, like, the, all of the momentum is to push people into dating that way. It's interesting to think that, like, your dating pool has been chained, like, you know, cut into by all the people who are just focused on, like, Tinder and Bumble and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it sucks because yeah. for uh, I, I met my ex in 2011. It was, like, a completely different world. Like, Tinder wasn't around. There was none of that. And we met, we were set up by a mutual friend. And so... That just doesn't happen anymore these days. I was just thinking the other day that um, I was sitting at a bar, like, waiting around for my friends to meet up. And, like, I looked around. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a Tinder date. Pretty sure that's a Tinder date. Well, how, what are the telling? What, yeah, are, the what are the signs, signs of a Tinder date? I've never been on a Tinder um, Oh, you know what? I went to a bar recently. Somebody walked up to me and they go, um, my friend and I are betting whether you and this guy are on a Tinder date. And it was, like, a friend I'd had for a decade. And it really made us question our friendship because we're like, do we look like awkward people who don't know each other? Or, or that we should be sleeping together. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that part. Well, now it's going to be so much more awkward with him. (laughs) No, I think it's that you see people sort of doing the, like, well, I got into nonprofit work because I care about that. You know, like, like talking about stuff that you don't normally talk about with your friend or, you know, you're like, two siblings, that kind of thing. But um, I feel like bars 
I am so pro Tinder in many ways, but the one thing I hate about Tinder is that I think it's destroyed nightlife in New York. Like, if you, like, flirt with someone in a bar, it's just complete insanity that you're not supposed to do that. Or, like, they're just absolutely a married person because the only person that would walk into a bar without, like, a plan is, like, someone who's already married. It's like hiring someone without seeing their resume or something? I don't know. Just that I never... I don't think anyone just, like, picks people up at bars anymore. Or, like, it's just weird and rare because everybody who's single, if they don't have someone to talk to, then they open their phone and they, like, call, call someone in. They, like, do a seamless delivery of someone to talk to at the bar. <laughs> instead of just talking to someone else at the bar. Yeah. Which I have been done. I was once so drunk that I was with one guy at the bar, and then my, I was like, this guy from Tinder is coming to my friends, and, like, some guy's there, and I'm, like, making out with him. Like, Maureen, there's another guy from Tinder here for you. And it's like, oh, fuck. That I accidentally messaged two while like, I was, like ordered two burritos to the bar. Yeah. yeah, and then like guy number two, and then so I had to like excuse myself. This <laughs> is like a, a modern like episode of like Friends or something. There's like a weird yeah. It's like a real dilemma. But so why are you such a like dating app evangelist? Why do you love it so much? Why um, do you believe in it so much? I like it because I think there's something really great about being reminded how big the world is. And that I think when you have a breakup, you've been so used to this one person and your world. And it's just this reminder that like the world is so full of single people who you've never met, who might live next door to you, but you just haven't met them yet. You know, if you're on like one of those like geolocating one, you're like, he's down the street and I've never met this man before. And it's just like seeing all those faces reminds you that the world is big. I feel like it puts you in the right like karmic situation to start like hey, I'm single and I'm around. And like, maybe you don't actually talk to the dudes on Tinder, but you match a few, you feel kind of okay about it. You put yourself in the mindset and then you talk to some guy still on your phone, but through Twitter instead, right? Yeah. That's my theory. I might just be projecting That's these a things. very positive <laughs> way of looking at the world. Yeah. <laughs> is, well, there, is there an app that you'd recommend to Phoebe if she's down on Tinder that'll be better for her? Actually, no, because online dating is just like a terrible, like yeah. if you feel like it makes you feel bad to like not get people talking to you yeah. then like then it's like not the correct way for you to get your like karma going yeah in which case like you should get someone to set you up and then like you start giving off your like single girl vibes once you've been on a single girl date doing your like single girl hottie shit you yeah. know then you just start giving it off everywhere you go it's a total uh isn't there some term for that i don't know virtuous cycle a virtuous cycle uh-huh but it's like also not virtuous because it's about like the more you slut it up, the more you continue. <laughs> that could be a virtue depending on how you look at it. A tram page. Yeah. That's what you need like to have. It. Yeah. So, Although you've got your eye on like a longer game. I respect that. <laughs> have you met Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Michael B. Jordan, Michael Fassbender. There's so many Michaels. It's like, I'm open. I'm like, open. it's fine. And so the reason that like Tinder was such a startling place for you to go is because you had been out of the game basically about during the whole history of the dating rise of dating apps, right? Yeah. So there's like one four year long relationship. Yeah. I know you've talked about like how sex changes over the course of that time. Yeah, you just get lazier. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like in the beginning you're like, This is so exciting, I'm gonna show off all my moves, like I'm going to, like, stretch beforehand and, like, drink a Gatorade to keep my electrolytes up. And then, like, it's like you're just, like, uh, you're just always laying down on your side. Like, no matter what, like, you just don't give a shit. You're, like, the TV's still on. It's, like, that's just what happens. Are you still watching? No, it's, like, on mute, so you're, like, yeah. okay. 
You know, like you're in it, but you're also like... You can catch back up when you keep right, watching. Right, watching right. It. Exactly. So uh, maybe that was too depressing, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I have this debate with my friends about... We were talking about the first time you have sex with someone new. And one person at the table was talking that she just fucked someone, you know, new. And I was like, what was it like? Um, she's like, well, you know, it was that like the way that you can't really do anything crazy like that like tentative first time we sex may i please have very gentle missionary respectful and one girl goes oh yeah of course like boring sex first sex and then two of us go no way the first time is like when you're at your absolute wildest where you're in like i've got to like have everything down and that you're like oh really you do that well i do that and then some no that's crazy you don't (laughs) you start small yeah, you, like, keep it chill. You, like, don't go fucking showing everything. It was suggested yeah. to me that that was just, like, a measure of one's, like, emotional health. And I have a feeling that <laughs> the positive side is going to be the person who starts with, like, respect. Yeah, you don't want to, like, go all in it. Yeah, you don't want to be... Because what if you do something crazy and you're like, what? No, because I lead with everything I've got. And then I just slowly wow. just Then it's all downhill from there, Morgan. <laughs> it always is. Oh, my God, you guys. We just solved all of my relationship problems. No, you do, like, you do, like, missionary. Maybe a little doggy style. Of me. Like, that's it. That, that's it. <laughs> and for someone who's, like, caught up in... Wait, what? <laughs> no, I was like, what about... What You're about like, what's you? the follow-up of the question yeah. going to be? Yeah. <laughs> Not about sexual positions. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> As somebody who's, like, thought a lot about race and dating, especially, like, in this new era, like, you've also only, basically only dated white dudes, right? Yeah, because I started dating super late. Like, I started dating, like, 24, really. Like, because I went to, like, a predominantly white high school, and I never got asked out in high school. So I went to, like, a private prep school, and I was, like, the only black girl in my grade, and there were, like, two other black people black guys in my grade, one Asian girl. God, did you have the thing where, like, everyone sort of, like, waits for you to pair off? Like, I remember I went to a super-duper white public school in Minnesota, yeah. and it was this thing where it was, like, like the one Asian guy that everyone was sort of, like, look and, like, wait for us to pair up, which I, of course, was, like, even if he's cute, you guys all expect this. Yeah. And, like, in fact, that guy would probably turn out to be, like, the biggest catch in adulthood and is very successful now, yeah. which no one else is. <laughs> um, but, in fact, just, like, for, like, dignity's sake, I, like, refused. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't want to be like, yeah, that's what we all do. Um, so that was high school and then college. I went to Pratt Institute, but my major, I was a writing major. I was the only black person mm. there again. Uh, and so I didn't really date much in high school and college. I did like improv, which was like I just got really into comedy then. And, and then doing comedy, like doing stand up, is a very like predominantly white. It's not just always around white people. It also seems really male. I mean, it's not very just, male. Yeah. Most shows, I'm the only non dude on this show. Is that hard? I mean, it's stupid is what it is <laughs> because it's very much like there are so many funny women and they won't put us on a show like i legit have had a guy who was like hosting a show and he was like well i don't want to have you go back for this other, i forget her name this other comic because then people are going to think it's like a weird all-girl comedy show just having two co- two girl comics yeah and i was to... like what the fuck are you talking yeah. about but like that's honestly like how people think so like i'm usually the only girl on a show and it's just a bunch of dudes and what about the audience the audience is always mixed. It's like this. It's like women, men, gay people, straight people. But then just the shows are just like white guy, white guy, beard, plaid shirt. Like just. 
glasses. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like that. I mean, I know this totally as an outsider, but it seems like you hear male comics talking about especially going on the road, and, like, it's a lot about getting laid after the show. And female comics are often, like, basically monogamous. Like, that's how they think of themselves. They don't think of themselves Who as, like, would... The depth of, like, sleeping with a comedian who's briefly in my small town while he's... That's, like, the depth of low for me. <laughs> Sorry, no offense to comedians. No, I mean, there's... Only cute, do comedians. Yeah, there's some cute male comedians, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I'm sure they Gross. come up on the, the, the road. I don't know. It's kind of like if you're not in the comedy world, you're just like at a show and the guy's like funny and he's cute. I could see you like wanting to hook up with that. That just doesn't really happen with female comedians. Like guys aren't like, yes, funny women, my dick is hard now. Like that's not. So has nobody ever come up to you after a show like really, really into you? No. But I also have like a don't. Don't come at me. Yeah, I'm a very, like, kind of like an asshole, like, in a New York way where I'm like, don't talk to me. So that's also partially my fault, but... But you get the, like, girl want to be your bestie situation? Yeah, I get, like, a lot of, like, drunk white girls who are like, oh, my God, you're so hot. And I'm like, okay, I can't can't be your best black friend right now. Bye. Um, Can you be funny in bed? Oh, does anyone want someone funny in bed? I okay. Like I crack so? a joke. I fucking make jokes during sex all the time. I am the worst person to sleep with. <laughs> no, I mean I guess because I'm always like my job is to like tell jokes. I I just would be no. like, can you not do that? <laughs> Don't you kind of have to laugh though? I mean, like sex is so inherently awkward, and they're ridiculous. like embarrassing things happen. Yeah, if you can't laugh, it's just like this horrible like silent awkward yeah i mean i guess i wouldn't expect you to riff during sex. right like i'm not gonna do like an hbo but like if there's a little like <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah yeah you know when you know things fall out of holes or whatever you can be like <laughs> you know and then like get back into it but not make that sound effect <laughs> um yeah but yeah i don't know i feel like dating is a, a, a female comedian is probably the same for the most part, as a male comedian, like there's just like you, you were. I think it's just hard for the other person because our lives are just so different. Like I work at night, I work on the weekends doing stand up stuff, not stand up stuff. Working on the book, working on other writing stuff. So I'm just constantly always working, and I think that that is hard in a relationship. It's like I watch ESPN. I always like watch those documentaries a lot of times where they follow around like a. Uh, basketball coach and a football coach and they always like interview like the wife and you could tell it fucking kills her that he has to he cares about basketball for like nine months out of the year and she's like we're just we are just here for him and we wait for him to come you could tell that she fucking hates it and i think it's just a hard thing when you have a career that is so demanding is there any part of you that would like to have the basketball wife for yourself as a husband? No. I don't <laughs> want, I don't, you don't want to terrorize someone who follows you yeah, around? Yeah, because that's also like, that sucks for the other person. They're like, yeah. all right, they're raising your, your kid by themselves because you're gone all the time. Like, that's, yeah. it's just a sucky, it's a hard thing. Also, they like have to care so much when your team loses. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. Yeah, and like be like <laughs> upset and like you're mad and they're like, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care about your dumb job. Like, like but how awful would it be like to see like your your husband coach like lose the Super Bowl and you're like, this is, we're in it for like three months. He's going to lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a very demanding thing. And I think sometimes instinctually people can, they want to compete with your career choice. And it's like, that can make things tricky. 
Yeah. I think it's really hard to be in relationships when you have radically different hours than someone Mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Um, It's just like... no human who has a desk job can, like, date a bartender because it just can't happen. Right. Your hours will never work out. You'll yeah. be so sleepy all the time. Although, I mean, some people might want a relationship where you only overlap for, like, a half hour. I feel like, <laughs> like that could fulfill a... Yeah. When I was a lot, um, I worked night... Back when, like, blogs thought they had to have somebody blogging at night, which is, like, such a crazy era of life, which was when I entered journalism. I was so lucky. Um, <laughs> but I blogged at night, and then my boyfriend... I did two jobs in a row, basically. So I worked from, like, 5 p.m. to, like, 4 a.m. or something, like, totally ridiculous. And then he had to get up really early to work every day, and we would literally see each other when I was going to sleep and he was waking up every day. And then, like, it was, like, the only... It was, like, this totally bizarre way to get to know each other because it was, like, intensely intimate because we would only see each other, like in my bedroom and my home in yeah. isolation away from the rest of the world. And then when my life finally changed and I had like a daytime job and I could like socialize, I could go with him to restaurants, that there was a moment when I thought, oh my God, I don't even know if I'm going to like him in regular life or yeah. what's it going to be like when we go in the sun? <laughs> <laughs> he could have sparkled like Edward Cullen. I didn't know what was yeah. going to happen. <laughs> so as like a... But you've been asking like oh, so many questions. So you ask me some yeah, questions? Yeah, you, so you're married. Yeah. For how long? Uh, I think it's been f- like five years. And but how long did you guys date before that? Long, long time. Oh, so you've been like out. Yeah. Like, so when was the last time you were single? Like was it still not? When office? I was like 11 years old. No. Uh, David has literally been in a relationship since then. I'm since also age 19. So it was like, we got together in 2001. The one and only. Wow. That's yeah. like, congratulations. That's like amazing, but also that's insane. Yeah, you can have <laughs> yeah. 15 that's years. That's her right there. Yeah. I'm so Wait, excited. where's your wife? Oh my God. Hi. She's <laughs> so cute. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> How'd you guys meet? Um, it's a really corny story, which I'm embarrassed to tell. Uh, we were like studying abroad in Paris. <gasps> That's what? Not I didn't corny. know that. That's like uh, the plot of like a romantic comedy. Like that's amazing. It, the, those movies aren't corny. You know, I love I love romantic comedies. Yeah, we yeah. drank a, like a liter of beer and started making out in the park. That's cute. What'd you say? You were trash. All right. That's a good start. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm jealous. Can we go back to you losing your virginity at age 24 and talk more <laughs> about this? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yes, I'm curious. Did you, did you feel like, was it more like scary or, I don't know, like what were you thinking about then? Were you like, oh shit, I'm going to have to do this big thing that this guy's done a bunch of times? Or? It was just more like I was just like ready for it to be lost, you yeah. know, but I wasn't like desperate about it. I was just like, yeah, I think it will be fine. So I was very chill about it. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. The thing about losing it, I think, older is that, like, universally when I ask people about this, they're kind of like, when you're younger and you just don't know what sex is, you're like, what's going to happen? It's so scary. Right. When you're older, you're kind of like, oh, so that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I've put plenty of things in my vagina by now. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you're just like, all right, that happened. Cool. Like, and then you just go on about your day. So it was, it was... No anxiety about it. No, I think, I mean, I was like, I was like, I was 24. <laughs> I was like ready for it to happen. Yeah. Um, and he was like a super chill dude and it was like a really like did you know it was your first time no so i know i i withheld a little no that is the best because i often wonder how successful one can be at not revealing that it's a virginity loss yeah did you know you're going to be successful at lying you're like he's going to catch me no i was just kind of like i don't don't 
don't know. I don't feel like we need, I need to bring it up. <laughs> and then I told Mike afterwards, and he was like, really? He was like, all right, like, whatever. He's it like, didn't, like, phase him at all. No, he could have like, yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier, but he was also like, it's fine. Like, he was wow. very, like, nice. I don't know. I think just because I was such a calm person about it, and I wasn't, like, clinging on to him, being like, we're going to get married. And I also wasn't, like, being like, what did I do? I thought you in my vagina. It was just like... <laughs> It was a thing that happened, so it was just, like, a very chill. Do you guys think that, like, more people lie and say they're virgins or say that they're not virgins? Yeah, I lied the other way, like, three times. There's mul- but it's also like when you're young and you Wait, truly you you don't. Were a virgin yeah, I def. I there's definitely at least two people who think they took my virginity, although maybe by now not. But I think the key is Wait, also. Why did you lie about it? Well, I think was the it key- for them. No, because, like, the thing is when you're, like, a teenager and you're fucking around, you're sort of like, did I have sex? Like, did that get in or did it not get in? <laughs> How in does it need to be to be in? If he puts it in and doesn't move it, am I still a virgin? Like, well, the, where, do you, where do you stand on that question now? What do you think? I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> I used to, I was like, I had this one boyfriend that was like, I'll give you a sneak preview. Just, like, put it in a little bit, but, you know, like, don't move it around. And, it's, like, don't put it in too far. And then I'm, like... If it goes in, it's like a gas <laughs> nozzle. If it goes in, it's in, you've lost it. The sneak, you know, the sneak preview always just turns into sex. So it's yeah. like, we're in a whole... It's that, um... This is so gross. The term for this, apparently, in, like, Mormon, like, technical virginity circles is soaking. When you I've put a dick that. in and you don't move it around. Yeah. But, wow, that's like a really vivid description. I know, really <laughs> yucky. Really gross, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> upsetting. But also suggests the dick is too spongy if it's soaking. That shouldn't be what it's happens. It's just absorbing, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot yeah. of confusion at that age, I think. And so, like, there was the truth that I was like, I don't know also. if I had yeah. sex or not. Until the time that, like, I definitely had sex. And then I was certain at one point that I was like, okay, now I've really had sex. That was yeah. like a dick that stayed hard the whole time. We've straight on did it. Yeah. Do you think you could get away with telling someone now that you were a virgin? No. I should try. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good experiment to see if you could fool someone at this point. I think that's more an experiment about if I can lie or not. And obviously the answer is no. Yeah. I like, am the world's worst liar. <laughs> I, I must be truly confused about something to lie successfully. Yeah. <laughs> Phoebe, do you still feel like you're, like, somebody who lost their virginity late? Is that, like, a part of how you think about your sex life? Does it, like, affect how I think about my sex life? Yeah. Um, or just yourself in general? No, I think, it was, I, I think for me, because it took me for a while to have, whoa, it took me a while to, um, that kind of healthy self-esteem, I think it was probably better for me to have lost it yeah. later rather than if I was, like, 15 and lost it. I don't know, dude. I might be a mess. But, like, you know, like, I, I think, like, you're, you're more of an adult. You're, like, more certain of yourself. Yeah. So it just feels less weird. You're less, like, oh, my God, does this mean, like, uh, we're going to be together forever? We're, I don't know. I just think the way that we talk about sex to, like, teenagers yeah. in general is insane. And, like, this, uh, this expectation that, like, the first person you have, especially for, for girls, like the first person you have sex with, you, you need to wait as long as possible because this is going to be the person that's going to be the person for the rest of your life. Like, it's just this crazy mm. kind of fantasy that we project on a girls that, like, sex is only for, like, marriage. And, like, boys, it's like, like, sow your oats and be this wild guy and then you'll settle down later. And it's just, it's all fucked up. Everyone enjoys sex and, like, we should just all be chill about it. Instead of... That's like your two-line sex ed curriculum. Yeah. You you walk into the room on the first day of school, 
<laughs> like everybody loves sex. Yeah, just be, be chill. About it. Well, that's it for Sex Lives. Thanks so much to Phoebe Robinson for Aww. coming on. Thank you. Thank you guys for hanging out and listening. Thanks to all you people for coming out, clapping at the right points. Um, thanks also to Sam Dimon, our producer, and Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer at Panoply. See you next time, and thanks for listening. Yay. Bye. Bye.